0: It is not unusual in the English language that a word can have multiple meanings. Uh, you can say that it is cool and you could be talking about the temperature or you could talk about how much you are appreciating something. Or even if you're my son's age, you could say that, that something is sick and it doesn't mean that it's bad at all. It actually means that was Very good. But as uh, common as it is in English, it's even more so in the ancient languages, because by and large, uh, Hebrew and then Greek had fewer words than what we have uh, today. And so there's an interesting uh, translation issue that comes up in the very first verse of John 13 today. Uh, It talks about Jesus uh, having loved his own in the world. He loved them. And the version on the cover says. To the end, and then another version says he loved them to the full extent. And both of those would fit. I don't know which one's the right answer. But I can see both of them. Jesus showed them the full extent of His love, and we could say He described the full extent of His our the full extent of His love was shown by first of all washing His disciples' feet. Uh, uh, my wife and I were talking about uh, the service this evening, and and uh, we were talking about it, and I said, and and then there'll be an opportunity for foot washing, and she said, Oh, I could never do that. Well, in the ancient world, it was even harder in some ways to do that because the feet are going to be a lot different than the feet you might experience tonight. But Jesus, showing them the extent of his sacrifice, uh, behaved as a servant would and washed The dirty, dusty feet. And then, of course, he will go from that last supper after he's betrayed and then from the garden arrested and he will hang on the cross. And one could say that was the that was the full extent of his love that he showed them that with every ounce of life he had in them, he loved them and gave his life for them. But then the other translation also makes perfect sense to me that he loves them to the end. Because one of the things that you see in the Gospel of John is that even when Jesus is at the end of his life and, and almost out of the breath and he's suffering in the Gospel of John, he looks down and he sees John and he sees Mary, his, his mother, and he says, now, John, this is going to be your mother and Mary, this is going to be your son. At perhaps the highest, most intense moment of his pain, uh, he, at the very end of his life, he is still uh, demonstrating his love for them. So maybe it means that to the very end of his life, Jesus was loving. Or maybe it means to the very end of his disciples' life, he was loving them. And, and what you get in a picture of the Gospel of John is no matter how much the disciples mess up, Jesus keeps picking them up. He continues to love them, and even after his death, he will come back and give Peter, who denies him three times, three chances, in a sense, to reclaim uh, his position uh, as the, the head of the disciples by asking him three times, Peter, do you love me? So maybe this verse means that Jesus loved the disciples as long as they had any breath in them. Uh, I don't know. Any of these make sense. What you see in Jesus On this evening of Passover and through the crucifixion, you see a person who, as one scholar says, loved in every possible way. He loved them all to the full extent of love or to the end of his life or theirs. Clearly, what you look at when you see Jesus is you see love. But that's not really what interests me tonight because I'm not surprised. We've all heard that God is love and we're not surprised to see Jesus loving What's more interesting to me is, if that's to be a model or example for me, how do I get to be that loving? What's the secret to being a person who's as loving as Jesus, who can love to the full extent of love, or who can love as long as they have breath in them, or who can love you as long as you have breath in you? What's the extent? How do you get to that full extent? Well, to me, the obvious answer is, well, he's God. He can do that. But I don't think, since we believe that Jesus is fully human and fully God, we can accept that answer. We have to look deeper. What is it about Jesus, humanly speaking, that lets him love so well, so deeply, so completely? I want to give you two thoughts this evening about that. I find these both in the first verse. The first verse says this, that uh, Jesus, before the Passover festival, knew it was time to leave the world and go back to his father. What that verse tells me is Jesus knew, A, he had a father. Jesus knew love. He didn't give something he didn't have. He didn't share something he had not first experienced. Jesus didn't love from nothing. He loved from a well that was full of love that the father had poured into him. So one of the things it tells me is that I can't be a loving person just by trying to conjure it up on my own. That maybe I have to connect and experience uh, with deep love in my own life. And out of that love then I'll have love to give to others. The other thing about going back to the Father, Jesus knew that he was going there. It's like Jesus knew the end of the story while he was living in the middle of it. Now, I had an interesting experience this afternoon while I was, uh, uh, well, I'm sure I was preparing for the sermon, but the TV happened to be on. And they were showing a replay of the Duke game last week, and I don't know if you saw it. It was nerve-wracking. Duke was ahead by 27 and, and, and almost had a, a near-miraculous collapse. But watching it now, knowing that they held on to win the game, was a completely different experience. It was like, huh, that was interesting. Why did we do that? Oh, Whatever. Jesus, while it's not a replay, he knows how it ends. And out of the confidence that, in, in the words of Julian of Norwich, all will be well and all manner of things shall be well, Jesus knew the final outcome of his life. And because he knew that, he was able to be more confident in the present. He knew the end so he could work back to the middle where He was. And so I think part of the secret of loving is to know that no matter what happens in life, you and I will always be loved. We will never be walking the tightrope of our life without a net under us. We will be caught. We will be rescued. We will be saved. We will be victorious. And when you know that, when you know that you can't lose, doesn't it make you braver? in the contest and more willing to be loving. So I think part of the secret of Jesus being able to love as he did is, is he knew he was loved and he knew that love would have him all the way. He would never be apart from the Father's love. But then there's another part of this verse that interests me too. It says this, that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What that teaches me is this, if I hope at the very end of my life to flip a switch and suddenly become loving, or if I hope when the bomb goes off at the airport or on the train to suddenly be courageous and selfless, if I hope that'll happen at that moment, it's not likely to happen. But if I train myself to be loving and selfless on a daily basis, that wins So when the moment of crisis or challenge or difficulty comes, I will be able to be loving because it has been my practice all along. Years ago, um, my wife and I were listening to a lecture by psychologists, and her theory was that when we are um, in our later years, we, our personality becomes even more extreme than the way we've always been in life because we don't have the filters or checks or balances perhaps as much as we used to. And, and we looked at each other, and our first response was, uh-oh. But then, the more we thought about it, we said, no, if we start now, loving, and acting generously and sacrificially, then by this psychologist's logic, as we continue to grow in age, we will become even more selfless, more loving. What I'm saying is that Jesus didn't just love them to the end in this moment of crisis. He had been loving them every day for three years, and the last day was no different from the first day in that he was going to be loving How do you become a loving person? By loving each day. And in that moment, you will find you're able to love no matter the situation. And what's most fascinating to me is to think that all of this is in the book of John. And probably most of you know that John, according to the gospel of John, has a name for himself. Anybody know what John calls himself? He calls himself the beloved disciple. Exactly. The one who Jesus Loved. So it tells me that the impact we have on loving other people on a regular basis is they also learn to see themselves the way we have seen ourselves as people deeply love. And then it makes a difference. We're told according to ancient church tradition, that John lived to a ripe old age uh, in Ephesus. And he got so old that they had to carry him into meetings on a pallet. Or, you know, like four people would carry him in. And they'd ask John, well, you knew Jesus. Tell us about him. Give us a speech. And according to tradition, uh, to tradition, John always said the same thing. He said, little children, love one another. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know that. Tell us some more. Little children, love one another one another that's all he said and i believe that's all he said because that's all he knew because that's all he experienced from jesus when we love others daily and deeply out of the love that we've experienced ourselves it will change them and my bet is they'll go on to change others